You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Cold front, 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 cold front. That is me getting excited because there's a good chance that I'm laying something down this weekend. Um, first doe that steps out, uh, depending on what time it is, if I'm going in after a buck that I've got on trail camera, probably not. But uh, um, I'm filling the freezer this weekend. Deer should be on their feet with this cold front coming through. So um, I'm excited to uh, get the get the uh, warmer camo out of the tote and uh start you know doing some tree stand time this is my first weekend that i'll be able to dedicate a friday night saturday morning saturday night sunday morning hunts and uh, just really get after it um so uh, i'll be checking my trail cameras you know trying to find where some movement is taking place and uh from that point on uh the you know that chess game that we like to play starts so uh I got a couple running guns that I'm thinking about. Um, well, what I did, what I've been doing is, um, I went to DeerLab.com, my account, and then I set up. Um, you know, I upload all the deer over the over the years that I've had on this particular piece of property that I'm going to be hunting on, and then I can filter by, let's say, like the first week, the you know from the fifth to the tenth of October. And I have one match, or it's a buck that I hit in 2013. 2014, um, I didn't see him. 2015, which was last year, uh, just trail camera pictures, you know, no encounters with him. And then, um, but, I, you know, I look back at those trail camera pictures through Deer Lab, and I see where he where he's actually at that time of year. So this this 
weekend when this cold front comes through there's going to be uh, kind of a shift in the winds that are going to go out of the southwest last year at this time with a southwest wind this buck i call tupac is going to be in a you know if you believe in annual patterns and i do he could be in this uh, particular area so i am going to go in and set up on this marsh where over the years i've had some uh, pretty good su- success as far as encounters are uh, concerned and uh, hopefully that uh, you know that info that i got from deer lab pays off and uh, this buck is back at it and uh, i can use that information to uh, potentially uh, kill him or you know at least uh, slap a doe down on the ground put her in the freezer but man i am excited not only for this first cold front of my bow hunting season to come through and, and do a little uh, tst which i call you know, tree stand time but also we have a, a kick-ass podcast today and we got a a gentleman from again from southern missouri who uh, who has been living his life uh in the military for a while it's kind of cool he talks about bombs for a little bit and i get a kick out of that but uh today he's going to be doing a product review podcast and we're going to be talking about packs that he really has good experience with and um good experiences with and from badlands and then he talks a little bit about his run and gun tree stand setup um, just a little bit of a BS session that we do, and uh, he he talks about the packs that he really likes from Badlands. So uh, crack a beer unless you're driving or at work, but if you're not, crack a beer and enjoy this podcast. And if you guys want to find out more information and get a 30 day free trial of Deer Lab, go to DeerLab.com backslash nine fingers and set up an account and you'll get 30 days for free. All right. On the phone with me now is Chris Rogers. How you doing today, Chris? Good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, yeah. So you sent me an email a while back and uh, this email had a whole bunch of different things that you wanted to, uh, to talk about. But one thing that kind of stood out to me was um, some packs from Badlands that you wanted to talk yep. talk about. But yep. before we get into talking about those packs and maybe some other things, um, where do you live? What do you do for a living? You still there? Yep. Okay. Sorry. Let, let me just uh, start. Let me start over. Let me start over. Okay. All right. On the phone with me now is Chris Rogers. How are you doing today, Chris? Good. Yourself? I'm doing good. Doing good. it's uh it's bow hunting season, so I can't complain, right? Right. Right, right. All right. So uh you sent me a while uh an email a while back and uh you had a whole bunch of different products that uh we wanted to talk about and we'll get into that uh here in a little bit. But um why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh where you're from and what do you do for a living? I am uh, born and raised from Missouri, originally down from the Branson area, but I have been stationed at Whiteman Air Force Base up near the uh, metropolis known as Knob Noster, Missouri, since 1997. I've been in the Air Force for that long, and uh, I uh, technically, my job is called Munitions Systems Technician, but we're commonly known as Ammo Troops. We uh, account for, build, deliver, inspect, just maintain 
explosives in the U.S. Air Force inventory, everything from bullets to nuclear weapons, you name it. So you get you get to handle nuclear weapons. Uh, can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. But if you go, if you look up the Whiteman Air Force Base webpage, you'll see what we deal with here. So, oh, nice, it's nice, pretty fun. nice. It's so you fun handle career. you handle some things that go boom. Oh yeah. Is there anything? Is there any like any? I take it if you handle them, you get to play around with them a little bit, maybe test them. Do you, is that accurate? Uh, yeah, uh, primarily our, our main, main mission is storage and inspection and accountability of them. But uh, we also assemble <clears throat> like the bombs. Um, well, back in 2003 when we kicked off our, uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom, all that shock and awe, that was the B-2 stealth bomber and um, other planes, of course. But uh, we build the bombs that the airplanes drop. We assemble them oh, out wow. of multiple pieces and deliver them to the aircraft and another set of guys load them on the aircraft and then the pilots take them over and kill bad guys. So, so is that like an assembly line type of scenario for a bomb? Yes. Or is actually, it- actually, yeah, it actually is. Uh, we have uh, what we called an assembly conveyor when we build uh, certain types of bombs. And what we do is we've got a bomb body that has the explosive in it. And we put a, uh, a tail kit, like a fin kit on the back of it that uh, usually sometimes has a guidance system in that kit. Sometimes they're dumb bombs where they're not guided at all. And we put like a nose cone on the front of them that does, you know, various different applications for that. Yeah. So, yep. And every, like I said, everything from, but we also handle everything from bullets up to the big guys. So. Wow. That's a pretty interesting job. Did you, I mean, when you first started, do you, did you ever get nervous handling some of that stuff? Like if I drop this or hit the wrong button, there's a chance I, I go bye-bye for a while. Uh, when I very first started, yeah, there was a little bit of that, but then throughout training and stuff, you learn that, uh, most every explosive is inherently safe. Like, okay. uh, honestly, the only thing that ever scared me working with was dynamite. And, uh, cause we, we actually store some dynamite that gets you and uh those things that can be dangerous because it can like crystallize and get dangerous real quick but 500 2000 pound bombs they're just weights until you know they're it takes a lot to set them off and a certain uh certain sequence of events to make them go boom so gotcha well i I almost had i was gonna say i almost had i had three 500 pound bombs almost land on my feet when I was uh, when I was a young airman back in 1998, I was in Guam, and three of them fell off the table and landed right at my feet. And <laughs> you know, some people took off running like you could really escape that. But <laughs> so, oh boy! Well, I must say that uh, this might be you know of all the people I ask, what do they do for a living? <laughs> I, I would have to say that so far, yours is the most interesting. Yeah, I wish it, I wish it was honestly way more exciting. I mean, it is when it becomes real world and we actually go to war. But day to day life in my job, uh, especially the past six years since I've gone higher in rank, has been a lot of desk jockey work. So, oh yeah, every every business, you know, even the military yeah. has to have that, right? Yep. But I'm I'm four months from from retiring from the military now, and then looking for something different after that. So, well, I, I take it that. Uh you're going to be doing a lot of hunting after you retire? 
Oh, I hope so. <laughs> it depends <laughs> on what kind of job I find. Unlike some other jobs, retiring from the military doesn't just mean stay at home dad, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, uh, you hit me up via email and you said that mm-hmm. you wanted to talk a little bit about um, some packs and maybe at depending on how far we get with that, we, we might dive into something different, uh, after, after we talk about that. But, um, right. um, and, and specifically you decided you wanted to talk about some products that you've used from Badlands packs. Now, yeah. my question is when you were first started looking for, you know, packs, why, you know, hunting packs, why did you lean towards Badlands? Well, uh, Badlands initially wasn't the only uh, higher-end packs that I was looking at. You know, I was looking at them, and uh, I think it's pronounced Tenzing, and yep. uh, and there's a couple other ones out there. I can't remember the names of or pronounce them. What's that, Herbal Stock or something like that? Anyways, yep. Stock, um, yep. yeah, the uh, Bass Pro and a couple other places I've been in, I always saw the Badlands packs in there, and I was like, the way they looked a little bit more, but I was like, I'm not dropping that kind of money on a pack, you know, and I've got uh, a pack that I got from Dick Sporting Goods that works just fine. Right. And then, uh, and then I, I got a gift card for Christmas for Bass Pro Shops for my parents. And I use it to buy a pack, a redhead pack that was pretty similar to a Badlands, but I ended up not liking it. And then I found a Badlands pack for sale on a uh, local Facebook group and asked this guy if he wanted to trade. And I ended up trading this redhead pack straight up for the Badlands tree stand pack. Okay. And that was it. I was sold. And that's all I've used since. That was about three or four years ago. What did What did you not like about that uh, redhead pack that you bought from Bass Pro? Honestly, just, just the overall quality of it. It just felt uh, cheaper. It didn't have as heavy duty as zippers on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, a nice, it was a nice pack. And it had a lot of the same features that this tree stand pack from badlands i got had like a you know a bladder for water which i don't even use anyways but and it had multiple compartments which is one of my things about packs i like having organization in them you know lots of little compartments to put put my things in but uh when i saw the badlands pack and this guy agreed to do me a straight trade which was way in my favor (laughs) so (laughs) i couldn't i could i couldn't pass it up and like i said i got a hold of it and fell in love immediately what were some things with that um, first pack that you got on trade that stuck out? You know, what, what specs or, you know, um, things about the pack that you liked, you know, that, that made you go, Hey, if I'm going to buy another one, I'm going to buy another, I'm going to buy another Badlands pack. Uh, mainly the, just the overall quality of the build of the pack. It just felt more uh, rugged and durable. You know, it was, the material was a lot thicker than that, redhead pack i had uh, the zippers are more heavy duty on it and it had uh had multiple storage compartments in that particular model that i liked it, it felt great on my back you know it didn't it, it allowed my back when i got sweaty walking around it it's got like this air vent system in it that uh that keeps it drier on your back gotcha so i take it you know you, you're living in missouri you're using this to hunt like turkeys and whitetails uh are you and talk to me a little bit about how you use this pack well the the tree stand pack particularly i i attach it to my 
set up when I do a lot of running gun hunting. So I, you know, I carry it in on the back of my, attached to my tree stand set up and get up in a tree, hang it on a hook or a tree limb or whatever. It's got this uh, hard rubber handle on top of it that's designed to be hung like that in a tree. And uh, it's got a flap on the front. The, the, main, or the exterior compartment on it opens up completely and folds down and opens up like a tray or a little cubby, I guess you'd call it, to put your stuff in, you know. That's why it's designed for hanging in a tree stand. And uh, that's that's one of the things I really like about it because it's open. It's got all the little, little individual pockets. All my stuff is right there, like my tree saw, my, my calls, whatever else I need. Okay. Do you do a lot of running gunning? Yeah, that's, I would say 90% of the hunting I do is running gun. Okay. Okay. Because so, we get a lot of public land around here and that's what I hunt mostly. So. Okay. So one thing for me, um, that my first couple packs, you know, and I bought them strictly uh, because they were the cheapest before I, mm-hmm. um, you know, had a little bit extra money to play with as far as equipment. But, um, exterior straps, right. For some reason to me, a pack just can't have enough exterior straps, whether you're strapping extra clothes or, um, you know, your tree stand or your sticks or, or your, even your bow. Um, -hmm. did this, did this particular pack that you got, uh, have, uh, exterior straps to, to, to work with? Yeah, they're they're a thinner strap. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like the Molly gear on like more military style stuff. Okay, uh, it kind of has that on it in certain spots, like on the uh, harness that goes around over your shoulders and on the back of the pack itself. They're a little bit thinner, but it's got uh, it's got that so you can attach things to it. It also has the uh, the straps on the bottom so you can roll up uh, you know uh, outer gear or whatever outerwear right, right. or whatever else you want to put in there. It also has a, uh, it comes, it comes with a rifle boot so you can attach a, a rifle, you know, strap to it to carry, but you okay. can also buy, I believe you can buy a bow boot as well. And I don't know why the, the rifle boot would probably work for a bow as well, but I, I never use that actually. I just usually carry my bow in my hand. So. Right. Right. So is it, uh, is it waterproof? It's water resistant. I wouldn't water call resistant. it waterproof. I've, okay. I've had it out in torrential downpours and it has gotten you know soaked through a little bit but not like real bad so right okay so um let's see so you, you got this one for trade now that that you you use this for a while are you still using that same pack i mean is it is it fairly durable oh yeah it, it's there is absolutely not a thing wrong with it and i'm you know i've carried it for the three and a half four years i've had it uh on almost every hunt that i go on and it hasn't even got a tear or rip in it at all. It, it still looks brand new. So if I was going to sell it, I'd say like new pretty much. So. Right. Right. Is it easy to, is it easy to adjust and, and, and comfortable around the shoulders and, or hips, you know, when you're yeah. trying to, you know, cause you know, sometimes you start putting weight on, uh, especially mm-hmm. a smaller pack like that, then yeah. it's, it becomes, you know, tight around the shoulders and uncomfortable. Uh, is it easy to adjust for different body sizes? Uh, it, it is for me, for my body size. I'm five nine, hundred and seventy pounds, just average, I guess. And it, but it, it works for me perfectly. It doesn't have the uh, waist straps to go around your waist like some packs do. 
this particular model doesn't. Right. But uh, it adjusts on my shoulders perfectly. Now, I had that problem. I had a Badlands Monster Pack, which is like a harness waist pack, a yep. really big one. I had that one for a while, and I could not get the harness to fit me properly. So, and I don't know if it's just my body type or what, but I ended up uh, selling that to a buddy of mine that was moving to Alaska. He loved it. But. Gotcha. So that that was the uh, the monster that you got that didn't uh, didn't fit too well, right? Yeah, okay. and that's I I think that was just it had a lot of adjustability to it, but I think it was just my personal body type. Uh, right. The only thing I could think of, I just could not get the shoulder harness part of it to ride right on me. So right, and that's not. I don't even know if you would if a person would consider that a pack, right? That monster, no. the monster is yeah. It's, a fanny pack that goes on your back, right? Right. It's like a harness pack, I guess is what they right. call them. Um, okay. So, okay. That, and I never could find a real use for that, that monster pack. Uh, I tried using it when I go out coyote hunting and stuff, because I usually sit down in a, in a chair, you know, like a lounger chair on the ground and hunt. Right. Going back to this, uh, going back to this tree stand pack uh, that mm-hmm. you have, um, is there anything that you, that you don't like about it or, you know, Hey, if I was the designer, I would change this thing. The, the only thing is that that little uh, cubby or pouch that folds out when you fold the, the outer flap all the way down and it folds like it forms like a tray. Okay. And this, this is kind of a good and bad thing. It has a, like a, a wire frame around the top of it to keep it open. Right. So it makes it kind of a pain to close back up. And I guess that's a good and bad thing. You know, it's, it's really good when it hangs down and it's open because it's not folding in on itself. It's got the rigidness to it to keep open. Okay. But folding it when you empty that pouch up, you have to empty that pouch up to, to close that flap back up. But that flap is so rigid, it's kind of, you have to two hand kind of work it in there to zip it, zip it closed. So. Okay. Um, that's really the only thing I've found with that, that pack that I'm kind of, do and don't like i guess gotcha now you have more than one this was your first pack right that you yes that was the first one okay yeah so before you know now now that you're like okay well i I really like this uh um i really like this brand uh you then decided to purchase uh a a couple other or some more products from this company Mm -hmm. um what other products did you uh did you get <clears throat> the the second pack that i bought is is just a waste pack fanny pack it's called the ambush okay. and it's just a large open pack and uh it's pretty good size for a fanny pack it's not as big as their monster pack is uh it's got one large uh compartment and then it's got two smaller ones that are on the uh, straps that go around your waist yep and i, I bought it primarily um to use when I'm going out, if I'm, if I am going out to set up tree stands, uh, which I, I, I run and gun on mostly, but I do have a few tree stands, a couple ladder stands set up here and there. And I carry all my straps and gear and that thing. And also it's good to take when I'm just going scouting or shed hunting or something. Right. Right. <laughs> so, um, let's see that retails for 70 bucks. Uh, yep. Are you, is this something that you're taking into the timber with you? Let's say if you're not doing a run and gun set through like in, you know, October or November, are you taking this with you instead of your full pack or how, how else are you utilizing this? 
Um, I've, I've utilized it, um, the past couple of years, actually, when I go, uh, during the alternative method season here in Missouri, you can yep. use handguns and I've okay. been trying to do some hand, some handgun hunting and I'll throw that on cause it's smaller and just throw them out around my waist. So, okay. Now yeah. with something like this, do you ever come into, uh, problems with it riding up, pulling your shirt up or slipping down or does it stay, stay where you put it? I find that it stays where I put it more so than any other waist or fanny pack that I've had in the past because the the, the back of the main compartment, I guess, the, the largest part of it is really wide or tall, I guess, depending on how you want to describe it. So it, it uh, to me, it kind of evenly disperses the pack around your back. So okay, and sometimes I carry it in the front as well, and it just it doesn't. I mean, if I've had it loaded down before, I went uh, dove hunting and took it with me. Uh, actually, just a few weeks ago when dove season first opened up here in Missouri and I had like three boxes of shells in it <laughs> and it was weighed <laughs> down a little bit with all that. So. Right. Right. But um, it didn't like, it didn't sag down too far. It's had to cinch it up a little bit. Gotcha. So I see that there is, uh, one camel pattern that I can notice. Is there any other, is there any other camel patterns that, uh, um, this comes with does it come with a solid color that you can choose from or is it just one one option well the the tree stand pack as far as i know only is available in the mosque infinity camo okay which that's another reason that i liked it because uh i like that specific pack because a few years ago i was kind of a i guess you'd say a mosque loyalist i really like their stuff uh, their camo patterns and then uh that's another reason I bought that ambush pack as well, that, that waste pack, because it came in Mossy Oak Infinity. I've since changed my ways, and I'm not too concerned with camo patterns these days. Right. But uh, I, I don't think that those two particular packs are offered in any, any of the patterns right now. Okay. But I'm, they'll probably be coming out soon. I know Badlands just came out with a new camo pattern called Approach that looks pretty cool. looks like it's a more Western pattern, but I've heard it works out in the Midwest too. We'll see. Right. Right. So let's see here. Um, anything else that you want to say about this, uh, ambush? I mean, any, anything that, uh, you think, uh, could make it better or any dislikes of this pack? No, I don't have any issues with it at all. No dislike. It's, it's just what it is. A nice high quality waste pack. So, and I can, I can zip it up and close open and closed with one hand while, you know, it's on in the front of me or in the back of me. And it, it, it's just got a, some good rigidity to it. Okay. Now the next pack that, uh, you, you bought from them and it's a bigger pack. It's a 2200. I take it, uh, 2200 means it's uh 22, uh, 22 cubic feet or inches. Yeah. 2200. But it's okay. a it's a big pack, and I actually did not buy that one from him. My dad uh, got me that one, and oh, okay. um, yeah, and I use I use it primarily as just like a duffel bag for travel, honestly, because it's so big. I would never around here for whitetail hunting. There's no reason to carry that much stuff, in my opinion. Right, because right. you can put a lot of stuff in that pack. It's huge. So. so you you typically don't use it too much for hunting. No, not at all. Actually, I've never, okay. I've never used it for hunting. I've just used it for travel purposes, uh, kind of like the, 
the other thing that I actually bought from Badlands is that Terraglide suitcase, rolling suitcase. Right. I take it, and I want to speak on this just a little bit. I take it they designed that for the traveling hunter. Um, so is there is there wheels on the bottom of it, and then like uh, the, so it's almost like a piece of luggage, right? The the Terraglide. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is. It's pretty much a a piece of luggage. It's got straps in it, and it's designed to hold a bow in it. Okay. And I'll be honest with you, I bought it for two reasons. Uh, well, three. One is I finally found out that Badlands is really friendly to the military, and they give a fifty percent discount. So oh, I was wow. like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, I need to buy more stuff from these guys." And they have. And then I got to learning more about the company. They have an unconditional warranty on everything. Like it doesn't matter what you do to your stuff, you send it back in. I guess they fix it or give you a new one. But uh, okay. when I found out about that uh, that military discount, I was in the market to find a good traveling bag, not just for bow hunting and carrying my bow but for softball i play like tournament softball and travel around the u.s to a couple of different places every year and i needed something long enough to put my softball backs in okay. <laughs> it's one of the one of the big reasons i bought that but uh it's it's a nice thing i've had it i've flown with it six times now and it still looks brand new so. nice so you know kind of a kind of an overall build quality you know you know it sounds to me like you're a big fan of this company not only for because you know you're you're military so you get to pay 50 percent less than everybody else does but what are some things that stick out maybe not only about the packs themselves but maybe from a company standpoint that you really like um the handful of times that i have had to talk to them about some things Super friendly customer service right on top of it. Even through, you know, I've hit them up on, on Instagram, you know, just to ask a question and they get right back with me on things, you know, so that and that unconditional warranty that, cause I, I bought a, uh, let me backtrack a minute. I bought another monster pack, but it's an old school one. I found it on eBay and it's okay. like an old school advantage camo and I knew it was Badlands but it was their old logo, but I only paid 13 bucks for this thing. Okay. And it was in like, like new conditions. So as soon as I got it, I sent them a message and I said, Hey, I just picked this up, but I sent a couple of pictures. I was like, can you tell me what model this is and when it was made? And they replied, but you know, like, Holy crap, that's from the early nineties. That's our old original monster <laughs> pack. So oh, nice. Nice. But, all right. So I take, I think I already know the answer uh, to this, but um, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to ask a different question first before I answer this one. Mm -hmm. If you were paying full price and you did not get a military discount, you know, mm -hmm. would you still be considering Badlands packs or would you, cause you know, for me, even if the, even if the product was just a mm -hmm. hair, subpar maybe even for the quality if i got 50 percent discount on it i would probably still consider using that just right. for, just for financial reasons but if you were to use you know if if you were to use these this product or excuse me purchase this product and not get the military discount you're paying full retail price would you still right. be using these uh using these uh products or would you be maybe looking at other companies no, I think I would definitely still use Badlands. I just like the quality. I like their stuff before, you know, before I even knew they had that military discount. I bought, you know, the Monster Pack and that Ambush one before I knew that. And 
I, mainly, I think the thing that sold me on them before knowing that they had a military discount was that unconditional warranty that they had. You know, it's like lifetime unconditional. So right, I, I've I would definitely that. be buying their stuff. So. Right. I noticed that a lot of the companies are starting to go with yeah. that, uh, you know, like, uh, I think, uh, Maven optics has it vortex optics yeah. has it. Um, there's a new camo company even, um, I think it's called Numa. You know, you, you cross the fence, tear your crotch out, you send it back to them and they'll fix it for free. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think Badland does that even with their clothing too. I don't have any of their hunting clothing. I've got a, like a hoodie from them. And, right. uh, I do have a beanie, an arena wool beanie which I got uh, a couple months ago, so I haven't had to test it out yet in the cold, but right, uh, right. I'm pretty sure that their unconditional warranty applies to everything. Right. Well, that's cool. So uh, do you recommend uh, Badlands packs to, or at least the packs that you've used uh, to our, to the listeners? Yes, highly. I recommend it to everybody I work with too. Well, of course they get a military discount, but I would, like I said before, I'd, I'd recommend it without that. Okay. So. Well, we got some time left now and uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk with you a little bit about, you made a transition, maybe not recently um, from maybe climbing uh, from a climbing tree stand setup to a hang on tree stand setup. Um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that. How I think it will start by how long were you using climbers climbing tree stands before you switched to hang on tree stands? I think I want to say it was 2007 or 2008 when I got uh, my first Summit Viper climber. Climber. Okay. What and were you doing I, before and, that? Uh, before that was uh, hang ons, but they but it wasn't like you know climbing sticks. Uh, we had the, the old sticks that you just, uh, I guess you could say sometimes they're screw in sticks, whatever we could oh, find yeah. that the, uh, the ones that, you know, go together like a ladder stand and then lean up against a tree Yep. and just putting old, old cheap hang ons and trees. Okay. And then me and my brother both bought the, uh, the summit Viper and immediately fell in love with those back then. So. Okay. So why did you make that transition from, you know, these, I don't want to say cheapo because they may, may not have been cheap, but from that, yeah. that to, uh, climbing tree stands. Well, I wanted to be more mobile. I was getting to be, uh, more, I was getting more and more into hunting because I started hunting when I was a kid, you know, like nine, 10 years old. Yeah. And then I got out of it. I got out of hunting when I got into high school and then the first probably eight or nine years that I was in the air force, you know, uh, found other hobbies well about 2005 i finally decided to get back into hunting and been doing it since and about that time after a few years i realized i wanted to be more mobile i wanted to be able to be i wanted that tree and that tree you know not just right. limit myself to just this one so that's why we went with the climber route i had practiced using a, a buddy of mine that had a summit climber i played with his and it's like this i like this so that's the route we went then so why did you get, why did you guys choose summit over, you know, some of the other uh, brands that are out there? They seem to be the easiest to operate and, and had the best reviews back then when I was doing the research on them. Um, okay. They, I, I guess, you know, some other tree, uh, climbing stands, you know, have more moving parts on them than the, the summits. Just all you do is adjust that, uh, the strap that goes around the tree, the cable. 
right. and and you're off pretty much. So. Right. So it was it was uh, easy to uh, set up and then take down when uh, when you needed to be done. Oh yeah, if I was you know if I had the the right tree to get into, I could be unpacked and up the tree and and set up and ready to go in probably five minutes or less. You know. Right. Okay. So, did you look before you purchased Summits? Did you look at any other brands of climbers? Uh, no, I, I mean I looked at them, but I honestly can't remember which brands I looked at because I didn't pay that close attention. I kind of fell in love with the the, the idea of the Summit, the Viper, uh, and that's what we went with, stuck with. So, okay, so you know, you then you hunted with climbing tree stands for a while. What did you yep. like about hunting with a climbing tree stand? Uh. The, the summit specifically was very comfortable. Um, I don't know if you've sat in one, but you can fall asleep in them pretty easy. They felt, to me, they felt really secure. And it was just nice to be able to get up in just about any tree that was straight enough with with the little branches on it. But. All right. So then, um, you know, you, you use those for, you know, you used them for a while did you run into any problems um because ultimately you're, you switch back to a hang-on setup but mm-hmm. what was what was like some of the i take it some issues arose that said hey i, I can't i can't use a climber anymore it's not benefiting me i i gotta i gotta do something different mm-hmm. what what was it about a climbing tree stand now that then turned you off of climbing tree stands uh the biggest thing was just you know, yeah, you can get into a lot of trees with a climber, but you can't get into almost any tree with a climber. You know, it's got to be pretty straight tree. It's got to have, you know, uh, hardly any branches on it at all. Right. I've gone up a tree with a climber and I, you know, in my saw in my hand, cutting little branches off as I go up. But if, if there's the branches big enough, you're just not getting up in it. That's about how it is. And also sometimes, uh, the cables on the back, you know, they, they adjust, in certain increments and sometimes you just couldn't find the the sweet spot to, to uh, certain trees diameter right just couldn't get it locked in there the right way with it but uh, the biggest issue was just you know not being able to get up in just about any tree i wanted instead of certain one gotcha so what year was it that you said okay i'm going back to uh to hang ons that would be 2013 2013 season the 2013 2014 season was when I midway through that season I switched from the summit to a lone wolf and climbing sticks okay now why that year I mean I know you talked a little bit about what what made you change but was there a deer you wanted to go after and needed something different or was you know was it just I've had enough of climbers I'm going to sticks and uh, hang on (laughs) It, it wasn't a specific deer. It was like a specific area that I was wanting to hunt. And I had been okay. talking to a buddy at work on and off. He's, he's been on the, you know, lone wolf and climbing sticks forever since he was for as long as he can remember. But, uh, he was, he said, you need to get one. You need to get one. You need this, that climber. And finally, uh, midway through that season, uh, this one area that I just couldn't get find a tree to get in with my climber. I bit the bullet and, and went and bought the, the lone wolf set up with the climbing sticks and I was able to get in there and hunt. Now I didn't, I didn't succeed, but I was still glad that I made that choice. So. 
All right. So what is it? I mean, did you look at any other, uh, any other, or do research? What drove you towards Lone Wolf? Yeah, I, I had looked at uh, the muddy stands yep. then. Um, and I think it was just, it came down to just muddy or Lone Wolf, one of those two. Right. And uh, I, I looked at the muddies in the stores and I, my buddy had the lone wolf, so I got to play with it a little bit in person. Actually, actually set it up on a tree and try to, you know, use the sticks and, and that whole setup. And I just like the the lone wolf better overall. It, it it's the the cast aluminum doesn't make any squeaks. There's like no welds on it or anything like that. Right. So I like okay. the platform better on it. I felt like I had a little bit better traction on the platform of the uh, the lone wolf. So okay. So. You started using it. I mean, did you, was it easy right away to, you know, transition from uh, a climber to the sticks in the stand or did it take some, uh, was it a, a bit of a learning curve? There was a learning curve to, to using the sticks primarily. Um, yeah. Once I, once I figured that out, it didn't take, but a, you know, three or four tries going up and down the tree and practicing with it. Uh, that I had it kind of down to a science or at least my science the way gotcha. I do it. So using the, uh, the lines and the rope around the tree. And, right. Right. So. so you're able to lean back a little bit to, you know, give yourself yeah. some working room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And work a little hands free and stuff. But. Okay. So, you know, so now that you play around, you know, you played around with your, your climber and, or, uh, you got rid of your climber and you're, you're now mostly, I mean, do you still use your climber at all? No, I sold it actually uh, later that, that next between that season and the next season after that, I sold that, that climber because okay. I just so never you, touched it again. So now you're still, you're still using, or you're, you're solely using sticks and a hang on from Lone Wolf, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so now that you have this tree stand and, and you're using it all the time, um, you know, and I take it, you're doing a lot of running and gunning, uh, because you're hunting in public property, how do you right. take your badland? How do you use your badlands pack and your um, sticks and stand together to go in and out of the timber? Well, that's that's something that I had to uh, figure out how how I was going to pack both of those. You know, a backpack and have the stand on my back. Well, what I did was I you know I stacked the sticks uh, traditionally on the on the back of the the uh, seat post like they uh, advise you to do and I run bungee cord. I I put my backpack just on one side of the sticks and use uh, bungee cords to kind of secure it to that pretty tightly. So my backpack is just attached to my sticks and stand on my back. So you're using, you're using the, the tree stand straps or uh, uh, I guess not really straps, shoulder straps to go in and out. And then your pack is strapped to your stand. Yep. That's, okay. that's exactly how it is. So do you have, uh, for, for that, uh, I guess for that stand, uh, for that setup, um, if you're having your pack on one side, is it weighted awkwardly walking in and out of the timber? It is slightly. Um, okay. that's one thing I've noticed. Now, see, I also have the, the lone wolf which attach to the seat post and then you can lay your sticks basically kind of flat against instead of stacked on top of each other. Yeah. But what I found with those uh, stick quivers is um, 
if you have any weight pulling down on the sticks, and I tried to put the sticks on the stick quiver, stick quiver onto the seat post, and then kind of lay my backpack on and then secure it with a bungee cord, it, right. the weight of it would still kind of pull down on the sticks, and those stick quivers would slide down the seat post after if you walk in and, you know, bouncing around and walking up rough terrain. And I would find that this kind of falling over underneath the sticks and they okay. were just kind of hanging on by just the straps I had them attached with. So right. I went back, went to the stacking method and putting that, uh, pack next to the stick and securing it down real tight with a bungee cord. Um, I, I'll give just a little bit of the, the weight being, you know, on one side, but it's, it's not really bad. So. Okay. So that kind of brings up something. Um, when you know you have those you have those that stick quiver right you have to mm-hmm. you have to take that stick quiver on and off before you set up the tree stand yes it, okay. it, i found it's really easy to do it's it's actually some people uh were complaining that it was loud but when i first got it i uh i got them uh, from a buddy off the internet for pretty cheap and i played with them and if you put them on and off the right way. They don't make any noise whatsoever. I mean, if you just slap them down on there, they'll, they'll make really loud pop noise. <clears throat> but, uh, they, they just, if you got them and only the sticks on them, they're great. But if you try to attach, you know, hang your backpack on them as well, any extra weight is going to pull that, that stick quiver off of the, uh, off the seat post. Gotcha. Yeah. It just seems, found. I'm not a, I try to be as efficient as I possibly can. Like right. my goal every time I walk into the timber in a perfect world would be to set the stand up as I'm climbing up mm-hmm. it and never have to come down, you know, right. like a one time up type deal. That's, that's, uh-huh. uh, that's difficult depending on how much stuff you're taking in with you. Yeah. But I just, I just feel that those stick quivers, in my opinion, would be uh-huh. two extra things that I have to carry in if I, if they stayed mm-hmm. on the stand somehow, that would be cool, but yeah, you got to take them on and off. And then there's a potential right. like me, I lose a lot of shit. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm not so, the same way. I with carrying my, the pack in on there. I usually, I can't get up, up the tree and be set up in just one, one trip up. Cause I'll, I'll, uh, put my, take my pack off the stand, sit it down, take the sticks off and hook them to, uh, I've rigged up, um, some carabiners on my safety harness Yep. to the, to hook the stri- uh, sticks onto and throw the stand on my back. And in one trip I go up and set up my stand. Then I just go back down and grab my backpack and go back up and then pull my belt up and I'm good to go. So. Good deal. Good deal. Well, um, anything else that, uh, that you want to tell us about maybe your, uh, your pack stand combination, um, you know, when you do your running guns? No, I can't really think of anything else. Okay. Well, uh, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, taking time out of your day to, uh, you know, to come and talk about the packs and uh, your tree stand setup. Well, thanks for having me on. Man. Yep. And uh, also want to say thank you for your service. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. And there we go. Huge shout out to Chris Rogers for coming on the show, uh, taking a little bit of time out of his day to talk with us about uh, those packs and about how he works his tree stand setup. Uh, again, thanks, Chris, for your service. Uh, 
myself and the rest of the listeners really appreciate that. Uh, thanks to all of the listeners for taking time out of their day to download this podcast. It means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. Hopefully you guys are getting some type of enjoyment, um, entertainment out of the Hunter Profile podcasts and uh, and are getting some information from the uh, product uh, podcast that we do. So uh, hopefully you guys are getting some use out of this. Uh, again, I, I thank you. Another huge shout out to uh, the companies that are making this podcast possible. First one is Exodus Outdoor Gear. If you guys want to find out more information about Exodus, go to exodusoutdoorgear.com. And if you do decide to purchase a website, use the code 9FINGERS. That's the number 9, followed by the word FINGERS, and you will receive $20 off your purchase. And last but not least, again, Deer Lab. Um, go to DeerLab.com backslash nine fingers and uh, get a 30-day free trial period. Uh, I suggest you do it. Guys, if you haven't already, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know, Go to iTunes and leave a review. Tell me what you think of the podcast. If you think I'm a huge doucher, then tell me that I'm a huge doucher. But if you really like it, throw five stars up there and... Uh, you know, tell me that you like it, I think. Anyway, other than that, guys, be safe out there. You know, when we get excited, and I, I catch myself doing this all the time, uh, when we get excited about going out into the timber and uh, chasing these deer, um, sometimes we leave our common sense at, at the truck. So when you're out there and you're getting ready to set up a tree stand or climbing into one for the first time of the year, be sure to wear your damn safety harness. Have a good weekend and good luck.